We will have our scripture reading now. Mr. Trent's going to come and share with us. Our scripture reading is 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 29. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded with by, wielded by men, with, flog, with flog, floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, Sereven Lord, and what is my family, that you have brought me this far? And if this were not enough in your sight, Sereven Lord, you have also spoken about the future about the future of the house of your servant. And in this decree, surveying the Lord is for a mere human. What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, surveying the Lord. What more? For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. How great you are, surveying Lord. There is no one like you, and there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth, God, that that God went out to redeem as a driving, or as a people for himself, and to make a name for himself, and to perform great and awesome wonders for by driving out nations and their gods from before your people whom you have redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people Israel as your very own forever and you Lord have become their God. And now Lord God keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised so that your name will be great forever and people will say the Lord Almighty is God over Israel. And the house of your servant will be established in their sight, or in your sight. Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you, so your servant has found good courage to pray this this prayer to you. So, Van Lord, you are God, your covenant is trustworthy, and you have promised these good things to your servant. Now be pleased to bless the house of your servant. That it may continue forever in your sight, for you, Sarvan Lord, have spoken, and with your blessings, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. Amen. Thank you, Trent. Appreciate your reading for us. I want to take a moment, recognize our fall sports, athletes, coaches, and on down the line. But before that, you know, we are all in training of some sort, doesn't matter our age, training, practicing, preparing, learning, growing, it is all a part of life, amen? 
It's just a part of life. And it's also a part of being on the team. Because we are all on a team within families, within neighbors, within the church. Many teams within the whole realm of life. Teams come and go. You're on a team for this, to accomplish this. You may be on the team for the Autumn Fest. You may be on the Hope Team. You may be on some committee. You know, life is all about groups of people working for a common goal. And as we think about this, you know, we've past few months we've been learning about our spiritual gifts and how each individual is unique and how each individual and each gift is needed for the team, the team of the church, Team Jesus. Just like each coach, each player, each teacher, each band member, each cheerleader has their own unique gift. We are reminded from 1 Corinthians 9.25, everyone, it says everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it. The church comes together to do it to get a crown that will last forever and ever. Now, as I was sharing with our young people today, someone here may have in some way or shape or form, either high school level, college, work, community, at some way you may be a part of some hall of fame whatever it is, and you don't have to raise your hand, you don't even have to, not going to give you a chance to brag about it or anything, but you, you're there. Someone here today may be in the future elected or uh, chosen to be in some hall of fame with the, all the praises and maybe a parade and a band and all those things and parties and all that type of stuff, and that's great. But what is important What is important is that we all keep getting better at what God calls us to do. Where we are, forever how long we may be there, whatever God's plan is, it is a part of being, getting better and more Christ-like. School, college, career, parenting, grandparenting, business, whatever, you name it. So I'm here to encourage you today to continue the hard work, the hard work of training, and keep training and train some more. It's a journey. Following Christ is a journey. The spiritual walk is a journey. So as we take a moment, I want to offer a prayer. Would anyone, all of our young people that's in here, if you're part of a sports team, athletics, band, cheerleader, would you stand? We just want to uh, see you. And so uh, when we're, we're praying throughout the week, uh, we, we can say, oh, there, there's Abby or there's Julia or whoever, you know, Chase. So athletes, stand up, whatever, all of you. We want to recognize you. A lot of athletes within our church and midst. And I know this is just a handful of them. So get a good look and... Uh, Thank you for being here today, and don't forget, join us for Cookies and Punch, and we want to talk to you afterwards. So you can sit down, and I'll offer a prayer. And coaches, we're recognizing you as well. And teachers, I know you're right in there, uh, backing up the coaches uh, day after day. Church, would you pray with me? Father God, I pray for your blessing, your protection, and your guidance to be upon the coaches, the leaders, and directors that as they are looked upon by the youth, that they would be committed to teaching and training to 
the best of their abilities. Lord, I pray for your blessing and grace to lead the athletes, the band members, and the cheerleaders in all that they have committed to being a part of. As they are a part of the school, they're a part of the school teams, that they would respond to the instruction, that they would follow the directions, and that they would continue to do them better each and every day. Lord, I pray for a safe and successful season. I pray for the best character and integrity to be shown and to be seen by all. Father God, I thank you for the parents and grandparents who encourage and who have committed the time and energy for their sons and daughters to be a part of these extra activities that the school is able to offer. Father God, may the life skills that will be learned and built upon lead our young people to being their very best that they can be now and forever and ever. Amen. And church, would you say amen? Amen. And thank you again. Thank you, everyone, for celebrating with us. And I know it's kind of a new thing for us here at Otterbein, but uh, families, school activities, children, they are not new. So continue to pray for the school year. Uh, we've been studying and looking at some passages about prayer over the last few weeks. We're going to continue today and through the month of August with a focus on prayer. And as we think about pray, prayer and praying, you know, it's important that it is something that we continue to do. Not that we ever get perfect, but practice makes perfection, doesn't it? That we continue to pray and depending on our life situations, depending on the moment, uh, we may not know exactly how to pray, but the Lord knows exactly what we're trying to say. He knows exactly how you're feeling. I was reading about uh, a little family situation the other day. You know, Billy Bob, he was misbehaving. And because he was misbehaving and not listening, uh, he's, his parents, his mother in particular, sent him to his room. And if you ever sent your children to a room, you know that that could be kind of short-lived. They seem to reappear and reappear and reappear after just a few moments. And this was no different of a situation. A little time passed by, and here comes Billy Bob. He emerged from his room, from his bedroom, and he informed his mother that he had thought it over, and then he said a prayer. His mother said, fine, if you ask God to help you not misbehave, he will help you. Billy Bob said, oh, I didn't ask God to help me not misbehave. I asked God to help you put up with me. Um, what would your response be, parents? I think I might say, I might want to say no. And first gut reaction, say, get back to your room. But as I thought about it as a pastor, I might need to be more pastoral and say, uh, no, you was the one misbehaving, not me. And I, maybe we should take a moment, maybe we should pray together. Because let me remind you, that if young people would continue in this way, this 
thinking and this attitude. They would grow up talking back, not being taught, not being directed in positive directions, not being taught to respect authority. How could they, how could they ever be coached? How could they ever be trained or go into training for something as important to use their God-given physical gifts to go on to be college professional athletes or go you know, rep- represent the United States of America in the Olympics? So really that is not that funny as we think about it. Because we all are born with this unnecessary damaging gift of creating and manipulating every situation and every way that I'm not the problem. As Billy Bob came and said, Mom, I'm not the problem. I'm not praying for me. I'm praying for you that you put up with me. Isn't that what we see in every day in the world in which we live? Teachers, you see in it? Coaches, employers, Neighbors, church members. The situation that I'm not the problem. Everyone else around me is the problem. The other person is the problem. It's always the other guy's fault. Amen. Now let me tell you, that is not Christ-like. That is not the Christian way. That is not how to live. And that is not going to help anyone grow or continue in their Christian journey. Prayer must come to the forefront. We've got to eliminate that attitude of only seeing everyone else, not seeing ourselves. Prayer must become and must be done to stop this spiritual, emotional, human condition known as immaturity. Yeah, I said it. Immaturity. Prayer brings a focus, brings our focus, not somebody else's, not mom or dad's, but brings our focus when we pray, focus upon God. Focusing on God's ways, God's path, God's plan, God's mind, God's way of thinking. Getting our focus on the Lord off of ourselves, definitely off that other person, definitely got to get it off our problems. We got to get our focus on the Lord. We are reminded in 1 Thessalonians 15, verse 16 through 17 and 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. That's to you. Could think about your neighbor the issues. Think, quit thinking about your friend that's talking about you. Get focused with the Lord. So we find King David here today. David, we can read a lot about David, a lot about his lifetime. Throughout his life and reign as king, this one-time shepherd boy who killed the giant, who maintained a humble respect for the king that was an authority over him, King Saul, even though the king hated David, 
David continued to have this humble respect for him. But yet Saul continues to hate him. Saul pursues him. Saul becomes his enemy. David continues to seek himself, to seek bodyguards, to seek mommy and daddy, to call up all his friends, hey, let's get together, join me, help me fight against Saul. Absolutely not. He continued to seek communication with God the Father, his God, his Father, God the Father who art in heaven. God was there ready to hear. Second Samuel is all about the establishment of the kingdom of Israel. David's key to this successful reign was because of his close relationship with God. A relationship with God. David was so close in this relationship with God that God made this unbelievable promise that no one could have seen coming, that David had no idea what it was, what it was, how it was going to lead. But it, you know, scholars call it the Davidic Covenant. And what is the Davidic Covenant? We're not going to get into that today, but it is a covenant. You read that verse, that first part of this, verses 12 through 17 of that chapter 7. It is how God, because David is so close with God in his relationship, God promised an eternal dynasty, an eternal throne, and an and eternal kingdom. Three things God promised. How could God promise this to an earthly man? Three eternal things. Dynasty, a throne, and a kingdom. How could God promise an earthly man such a thing? Well, you've got to continue to read through the Bible. You've got to get into the New Testament. You've got to know the whole story. But from the line of King David would come the promised King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The one and only perfect man, but yet God, the Son of God, would leave his throne and he would come to earth and he would be the Savior and Messiah. And his name is Jesus Christ. God's one and only Son. You can read about it. Look at John chapter 7. Go directly to verse 42. Cuts right to the chase. Tells you right there. But after God gives this promise to David, David knew enough that it was about God. God keeps his promises. God would never turn back on his covenant. So what does David do? What does David do there in verse 18? He begins to pray. He prays and he prays and he prays. He prays a prayer of thanksgiving by saying, Lord, who am I, O Lord, God? David's saying, why, Lord? You laying this on me? You feel that I am worthy? Who am I, Lord? You have brought me thus far. And in verse 20, David says, Lord, you know me so well. What more can I say? You, Lord, are the one who does great things through me. David has no greatness in and of himself. He has no way of controlling the generations yet to come. He has no idea that this son soon be born, or maybe already born, this son named Solomon, would become the wisest man ever. 
because of God's blessing, granting them that wish of wisdom. From the line of David would come the promise, King of Kings. Verse 22, David says, Lord, you are the great one. You, Lord, are the great one and not I. You, Lord, redeem for yourself your people. Are you catching this? David realizes that he, he can't do anything without God. He hasn't done anything. He's a nobody. But here God is using him. Here God is as the great one. The Lord redeems his people. Let's not forget that, church. We're here as disciples. Jesus saves. You know the old saying, catch them and he'll clean them? Catch them and he'll clean them. But really, we, we don't do much catching, do we? Catching, grabbing a hold of, dragging and shaking somebody to Jesus has never ever happened, has it? Guilting someone to salvation has never happened. Loving them, embracing them, having grace and mercy, but also a maturity to know that we are all fallible people, that we all stumble and fall. We do things that aren't Christ-like sometimes. We, we have bad habits that sometimes get the best of us. Sometimes we look at each other cross-eyed. Sometimes we not want to talk to one another for a while just because we need some space. So come on, church. We're all human. But let's work on growing up. David in verse 26, Lord, let your name be magnified forever. David saying, Lord, let your name. It's not about me, Lord. But you called me to ministry. You called me to this. You gave me these gifts, and I want to use them. I want to glorify you, Lord. So may my work and my life magnify the Lord. May we as a church and in this ministry and doing these fun things from Shake It Up Sunday to a church picnic to a sports Sunday and whatever else you may suggest and whatever uh, our nurture outreach worship committee can come up with, I'm going to say, let's do it. Let's reach this community in these new ways and and we're going to have fun along the way. Let's do it for Jesus. And let the Lord, his name, be magnified forever. And then in verse 29 it says, Now therefore let it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you forever. Forever, David says. David not understanding what this eternal dynasty and family and situation looks like, but he's saying, okay, Lord, offer Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever. He says, for you, O Lord God, have spoken it. And with your blessing that the house of your servant be blessed forever. This is an awesome prayer. Do you pray like this? Have you turned it all back to God before? 
Have you turned it all back to God in your prayers? David is praying his heart out. Praying his heart out. Thanking God. Praising God for his promises. Praying for God's will to be done 100% without any human interruption or human manipulation or human immaturity. David is praying not just these wonderful things to God, but he was praying in a way preparing himself David was praying to prepare himself to become ready, to be set and in position to respond to God's direction and God's will from that day forward. He's not just talking to be talking. He's not just talking and expecting God to respond in some way. He's praying and preparing himself to prepare to what the Lord says in the way the Lord would lead him. He's praying to respond to the Lord's leading. Are you praying so that you can respond to God or are you praying for God to respond to you and your issues and your problems and all those things going on in your life and everyone around you because they're all the problems? Which way are you praying today? You have to figure it out. You have to ask for the Holy Spirit give you some spiritual insight. We all need it. So I call upon the Lord today, and I do call upon Him every day. I cannot do nothing. I cannot do anything. I am nothing without the Lord. So today I'm asking the Lord to bless you and your family to lead you in a holiness and with wisdom I'm praying for the Lord to bless the servants of this body of believers I'm praying for the Lord to bless the leadership of this church I'm praying for the Lord to bless this community I'm praying for the blessing upon our country I pray for the Lord to raise up new passionate leadership loving, caring people. I pray for the Lord to give a holy understanding of his word and his teachings. I pray for each of us to have a new holy boldness to be the disciples and to be the ambassadors that this community needs, that your family needs, that your friends are in need of, that your neighbors need to see some Jesus and beyond. Let us learn from David and give God the glory and praise for all the good things and everything that he's doing. But also let's pray that you'll continue to mold and shape us into being what we really need to be right now, growing, maturing disciples of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Oh, Lord. We are on the team above all teams. And it's called Team Jesus. And for the team to be a team, we've got to be a team that works together, communicates together. And Lord, we need the Holy Spirit to bring us together. Because Team Jesus is an awesome team. And I want to be a part of an awesome team.
And I want this team to be awesome in the name of Jesus. And I want the awesome things that have been happening to continue to happen. And I want us to get better at being more Christ-like. Lord, I want us to put the immaturity behind us. Physical, emotional, spiritual. You name it, Jesus, you reveal it to us. And I pray that we'll be obedient and putting it behind us. Lord, I know it will be hard work. I know it will be a challenge. I know it will be painful because we fall into some bad habits. Things that have always just been because no one's been here to hold us accountable. But Lord Jesus, I pray for a new accountability for the Holy Spirit to lay upon this church because there is great things and great potential here. And we haven't seen anything yet if we would allow you the right of way and allow this team to grow. So Lord Jesus, we are in your hands. We seek your direction. Holy Spirit, lead us today. And in Christ's name I pray. Amen.